When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. 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 King. Good morning, and hello, and welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best dang podcast you could put your moist. There it is. Little ears and two. What's making that sound? That's a question for later in the episode. Thank the, you for joining our audience, us. Did we get our studio audience back once we moved locations again? No, nope, we dropped that lease. Okay. And they came along with it, so... No. What you can do. No. Uh, hopefully they're okay, but they're probably not <laughs> based on the state we left them. So, uh, hey, gang, if you don't understand that reference, you're at a loss. You're going to have to go back and listen to all the episodes. And, all of them. And, well, it's maybe kind of we fun have, because we, we have more episodes than Arrow. <laughs> we do? Yeah, probably. Uh, more production value goes yeah. into these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's breaking their back on this set, I'll tell you what. That's for sure. I'm pretty sure no one's gotten that hurt on Arrow. Not on Arrow, but almost on Batwoman. Yeah. Oof. Everyone stay safe out there, all right? It's a, little, it's a little warm. You know what? Cool yourself off with a nice, cool new episode of OSA. This is the show where we watch, uh, talk about movies. TV shows. Video games. Comics. There we go. Uh, extraterrestrials, supernaturals, cryptos. Cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies. No. <laughs> we, we should do an episode of cryptocurrency. Ooh, it's hard to explain. It's like blockchains. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I, maybe Snowden's involved. I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure. Dogecoin is one of them. But today we're not talking about any of that. You know what? Go ahead and throw that all out the window because we're going in and taking a look at some high art. We're talking about Watchmen because oh, snap. over on HBO. Mm-hmm. They got a brand new series following up 20 years later. You're like, you're thinking to yourself, hey, did Dr. Manhattan ever figure out how to fit his big blue dong into some undies? Well, we're going to get the answers. Nah. Thanks uh, to HBO. Yeah, thanks to HBO. And the creators of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, gang? I, you know what? I just couldn't fathom it. So yeah. I'm glad that they're going to spend nine hours yeah. explaining it. Is that how many episodes we get? Nine? Nine episodes. Should and 12, that's what all, um, 12, and Lindelof 12. said that's all he wants to do. But that he's like, that doesn't mean the show's over. He's like, that's all I want to tell the story. Okay. And then he's going to go, deuces, and leave. And so well, this could be it for Watchmen, which we thought that um, uh, 20, 80 years ago. When oh, what got, happened in the 80s yeah, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Before we do that, let's get into uh, some well, business. 30 years ago. 30 years yeah. 80s always feels like 20 years ago, yeah. right? Like it's just, perpetually 20 years in the past. Um, hey, that's how comics work, right? Yes. Let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to uh, all the people over at iTunes. I can't, sorry. RIP to iTunes. We're talking about Apple Podcasts. There it is. That's where Reborn, you can, that's remade. Where, that's where you can rate and review this podcast. Give it a little five star. If you're feeling that it's deserving. Please and thank you. And that helps us get higher up in the charts. But the biggest way you guys could support us is uh, by checking out patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. We yes. just started restarted our show, Super TV Showdown with Roxy Stryer, where we watch all of the CW shows, mm-hmm. all of the superhero shows. We actually already talked about um, Watchmen to, in, to some degree with uh, Roxy, and that was really cool this week. You can join for as low as five bucks a month, get all the episodes. All the audio podcasts you could ever dream of. We're talking so many hours of content. If you were like, I don't have enough content from these boys, don't worry. Double it, maybe even triple it, and you'll find it over at <laughs> patreon.com slash only stupid answers. All the content you could ever need. Leading up to Christ on Infinite Earths, we're really doing We're digging deep. Game. Yep, watching we're, all the shows. All of them. DJ. Yes. You going to watch Black Lightning next week, you think? 
You tell me, man. I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. So what am I? So what am I going to drop? Flash? No, no. You got it. You got to watch my boy. Mm-hmm. Even if it is bad. <laughs> but gang, you know what? Watchmen is. Uh, I'd say it's a uh, in a, a league of its own right mm-hmm. now in comparison to the rest of those. But before we get into that, DJ. Yes. Let's talk about our favorite segment, <laughs> or let's do our favorite segment. Let's do, let's do it. Let's uh, do that favorite. What segment. are you into this week? So um, I know we don't normally talk about music on this platform. I actually wanted to talk about music today. What? I just listened music to a new day. album. Okay, so I don't know how I came across this band. I was listening to, uh, sometimes when I write, I start off listening to music, and then because I'm easily distracted, I have to stop listening to music because I can only do one thing at a time in my brain. Um, so, But I came across this British... Um, oh, dang, I thought we were going to get close because mine was a band as well. Yeah, no, a uh, British post-punk band called Idols, I-D-L-E-S, um, and it's re I'm kind of become obsessed with them a little bit. I really like, so, so it's, it's post-punk. So the sound is driving and aggressive. I, I believe they describe their music as violent. However, the lyrics are focused on, um, positivity and progressive ideas. And, um, and so there's just really interesting, like tension in the music because normally at least in pop culture with the way things are represented when you think of music that's focused on being positive you think kind of like you know weak light you know those those are the things that you might associate with that whereas music that is more um that is that is tougher or harder you think like miss cynical mean whatever whatever so the tension of having music that is that is more intense um with lyrics that are that are really trying to unpack the idea of um, because I think uh, the second album was called Joy is an Act of Resistance, which is a great description of what the band's trying to do. And it's and it's an earn. Like, there's a piece I think in Rolling Stone I was reading um, that it was an interview with the frontman Joe Talbot, and it was talking about their um, their ideology and how like their music tackles toxic masculinity and um, and the. Joe, the the front man, like his mom had a stroke when he was 16, and so he had to take care of her until she passed away right before the first album dropped. Wow, damn. Um, they, uh, he and his significant other had a miscarriage right before the second album, and there's a song on the second album that deals with that. Uh, and so it's like they've been through – it's not like, hey, everything's going to be fine. It's like, hey, things aren't fine. How do, you, how do you try and be better? How do you try and pursue – um, a positive attitude when things are not fine mm-hmm. and it's it's really cool like I, I really appreciate what they're doing and they try to distance themselves from the punk or the post-punk label I think I think mostly because the, that community might be um, antagonistic to what they're trying to represent because their sound is 100% like mm-hmm. uh, that scene it's definitely rock uh, and I would argue that it's post-punk um, but I, I recommend checking it out. I really, uh, I'll play some of it for you after we're done with the, the episode today. Um, but they're, they're doing really cool stuff. I've mostly listened to their second album. I want to check out, uh, their first album. Um, but, um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit obsessed with them. So speaking just when it comes to, uh, you, when you mentioned the hardships that that person went through when it came to writing their own yeah. songs and reminded me, uh, I'm going to guess you're not a fan of Ed Sheeran. I got I just sort no, of out No, I there. did. I, I am one of the few that did not mind his cameo in Game of Thrones. And actually, I think you'd like him in Yesterday. I think he gave yeah. him a really good... It's playing himself, but yeah. he delivers lines in a good way. His first album... I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, and there's a song on the first album called Small Bump. And yeah. it's called... It's just... 
it's him i'm now reading into it because i've read about it before but it's it's not specifically about him but it's about his friend Mm -hmm. who found out they were pregnant and him imagining himself finding out that like his girlfriend got pregnant and it's talking about this small bump and like what that can mean for him and it's it's just kind of cute that you talk about it that way but there's an addendum on the song because he didn't write the song about a miscarriage. It was about the idea of having his own kid, but she had a miscarriage five months into the pregnancy. Yeah. And so he, the song ends on a really dour note, yeah. and it's about the missed opportunities that you had with this, with this life that, you, that he thought he was going to be able to interact with or, or, or what it meant for himself and him processing that night. It was, I'm like, that's kind of bold to put on. It's yeah. his first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intense, and, the, and this is, uh, that song for Idols is June. Um, uh, they have another song called Eddie Nadelko that's dealing with because uh, UK has its own issues with immigrants. Uh, it's dealing with the idea of like you know just because people look different, they're still like you're if they're in your country, they're they are your your family essentially. You know what I mean? Like we're all in this together, basically, uh, which is a, what a lot of their music comes back to as well. Um, yeah, so I I if they come to LA, I probably already missed them, um, but I would love to go uh, check them out and if. If you get a chance to, um, I highly recommend the music video Colossus. Oh, you fully went down. It's just funny because well, you said I you got distracted. That's how yeah. I, yeah, that's how I discovered it. Was like, I stumbled across this video. I So sometimes when I'm working on my stuff, I like to watch music videos because there's um, there's sometimes like really creative ideas represented into in music videos. Mm-hmm. The one that inspires me a lot is um, Schoolboy Q's John Muir music, music video because uh, it tells its own little self-contained story. Also, speaking of uh, Schoolboy Q, he did a song with Kid Cudi. Uh, called Dangerous, um, that's just a really simple, well-executed idea for a music video. Um, and I, somewhere in that, I, I stumbled across uh, Colossus. They did it. Um, you showed me that Lizzo small table con- uh, concert. They did a small table concert. Aren't those the best? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, and so it's like they, they talk about that interview where it's basically like, you know, a lot of people might listen to their music but not hear the lyrics and assume assume something about the band and then they'll go see them and they're like kissing each other on stage and shit and people were like oh th- this is what this is you know what i mean that's cool it's yeah. fun to sub- subvert genres yeah that way i will say mine is not as thought-provoking it's just a very i think the there's a lot of musicality in this band that i stumbled across i've, I've been a fan of like a few of their songs mm-hmm. but it's you've never I've never followed them i just realized like oh the a good chunk of these new songs that I like are from the same people. Yeah. And the band's called Jukebox the Ghost. And I think you've, uh, I've heard you talk about them before. Yeah. And I've just kind of like vaguely, like, I'm a fan from afar, but now I'm going through their discography. This is the whole thing. Yeah. And it, all of it's amazing. All yeah. of it's very Queen esque nice. in the sense of like, the showmanship of it. Yeah. And I really, I, the, the Queen's, like, I, it's so weird going through all of their songs because. I'd say, uh, I don't know if you are more of a casual fan. Do you like Queen? You yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Are you I, a casual you fan? Or? Doesn't like, I'm sure they I, exist, but my, I, my parents don't. And it's so weird. They're like, well, the, but they're from a, like, they're, 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 they're big Beatles fans. They're from a time where Queen wasn't like an establishment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, well, but also they're, they were super popular. Yeah, so. it is crazy because I think you mentioned this after you saw Bohemian Rhapsody where you don't really realize, one, the diversity of Queen's catalog, but also it's all hit. It's all like Did major you, you watched hits. it, right? Yeah. I mean, besides like the guy wants to have sex with his car or whatever. That yeah. Is. Like, what does that song mean? <laughs> and like, also there's like plenty of songs that Freddie doesn't sing and that's so weird to me that yeah. like, no, Queen is, it's Freddie Mercury. Mercury yeah. And the rest. And the boys. <laughs> Which this movie really tried to say that's not what it was, but yeah. at the end it became... It's basically that. Freddie Mercury. It's Remy Malik and his big old fake teeth. <laughs> and he already still does the weird mouth. Anyways. Yeah. Wow, that was a little hiccup that, that just scared me. Uh, Jukebox the Ghost, <laughs> yes. though, is thoroughly entertaining. And the the 
musicality to the stories they're telling. I, yeah. I, I like the little stories. There's a song called Everybody's Lonely. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like, I think the lyric is like, why is every goddamn song either about like making money or mm-hmm. falling in love head over heels? It's like, oh, it's because you're lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's lonely. And yeah. so like, that's the song. But I'm like, I kind of want to sing this. Like, yeah. I really, there's a part of it that like, it, it, the music kind of seeps into your soul. And even there's some of their songs where they pull, uh, like they introduce one of the albums with like a, like a Peter Pan-esque Mm-hmm. Uh, choral introduction like not That's that cool. bands haven't done that before but it starts yeah. out sounds very Disney-esque sounds very retro and then it gets into the song and I'm like man it's like riding a wave I really dig it like That's I, cool. it's a band that I definitely want to check out also are you familiar with John Bellion I am familiar with the name, but I couldn't. I, nothing associates with that for me. You should check him out just on the pure talent that he has, yeah. because the songs might not be. Actually, I think I think he has a why. I think he's very approachable, cool. even though he his genre I can't really nail down. It's not mm-hmm. it's not electronic. It's not whatever. He's basically just mixing and mastering all of his own music. But he, yeah. he can play all the instruments. But he also uses electronic sounds, and he may, does all of his backup vocals. So nice. doing on on tour, I don't even know what that's going to yeah. look like. Uh, but a uh, band that always gets associated with him is called AJR and AJR is thoroughly entertaining and cool. also like Knives Out we saw Knives Out today and there was yeah. a lot of uh, very up to date jokes that were happening politi- yeah. for politics and in a sense also like I'd say like internet culture and AJR is very good at capturing the internet culture and making a song that's very up to date cool. like they have a song called I'm Ready and it's this I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready from yeah, Spongebob yeah, yeah. and they use that as like the underlying beat for the that's entire cool. song which I'm like this could get Bad. But they actually do a good job. They do nice. a really good job. So Jukebox the Ghost is a recommendation from Sam and AJR. And those are both, they're starting to pop off more. But now I'm looking for concerts for them. Because concerts aren't, I love going to concerts. It's just never in my brain to ever look to go buy tickets to go to them. So yeah, same, I want to do same. it more. I, You know, I feel like uh, I wanted to ask you, bringing that up, like, how do you find music now? And do you find that it's changed from when you were younger? Because when I was younger, it was like you'd get it, you'd get it, you'd have bands that you liked, and you'd get excited from albums from them, and then you'd find other music through friends. Mm. And now it's like I don't. I usually find a group, and they've got like three albums or something, and then you know maybe two years later you're like, oh, they had another. One. Oh shit, I didn't even know. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just different. It's just a different experience now well i mean i guess the, the with the age gap between us i think the way i found music mostly was well i besides like siblings because yeah. like my sister would like play music and that's uh, definitely shaped a lot of my taste like growing up with like death cap for cutie and yeah. like postal service and like all that like indie crowd and everything yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was my stuff and also the beatles because parents always played them and i'm, that's I'm always still a, a fan that's always a fun game like when you hear a song on the radio and you're like is it Death Cab or Postal Service? Yeah. <laughs> Trick, it's probably the same. It's the same. Um, both amazing, though. Yeah. But um, that's how I would find it. But as I was growing up, I'd go through iTunes because you had the top charts right there. It was really easy yeah. to follow. Because like, I didn't really watch Billboard or um, VH1 or MTV or anything yeah. as a kid because mainly I was like, I'm a good kid. Bad kids watch that. Bad kids watch that. <laughs> so I would go to iTunes and I would just look at that and I'd start like listening to previews. Yeah. Remember iTunes had like the, the 10 second previews yeah, of yeah, songs? Yeah. And so you'd like play it and I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Dad, can I spend a dollar twenty nine to buy this? It's one just a dollar twenty nine or ninety nine cents. Exactly, it was ninety nine cents. Now oh. it's now it's like a dollar twenty nine. Or I don't even know if you can still do that on iTunes. Oh, the preview probably not. But I think you can on Amazon. On um, but now Spotify does a good job. They have their Discover Weeklies where they curate po- uh they curate playlists for you, and also they have a full running list of all the new releases, and they have like I always go through their mood playlists that mm-hmm. constantly change because you can just like pick like 
whatever you want it to be. Like yeah. I always go to like coffee shop ones where it's like, this is like a coffee shop, like sound bites and stuff yeah. like that, where it's like, it's a good mix of instrumental and vocal stuff. And usually you're able to find some good stuff. Yeah, in there. I am. I am fucking old. I still listen to the radio when I drive places. And every so, time the radio turns, I'm like, ah, God, it's <laughs> yeah, always yeah. way louder than my music. And yeah. it always scares the crap out of me. Yeah. I still listen to, uh, there's a local station that's, uh, uh, publicly supported and they usually play some pretty cool stuff from all over the spectrum. And then a KRQ, um, and it, stuff like, like Jack FM, stuff like that. 3.1, yeah, 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 you gotta just support like, that. Well, because you, uh, you don't do this. I know you don't do this, but like, I've got like my five that I cycle through. So when one hits an ad, oh, you no. like cycle, 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 well, cycle. As soon as I, well, so like, I leased my car, but yeah. like, as soon as I got in there, I programmed the radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I have the five, I have the presets. And after that, like, there was a point where I'm like, I totally forgot the, num- the, the, the code for the, yeah. the radio stations because I just, had them pre-programmed just, exactly and, and you I have to remind it. yourself again yeah but i really have ever discovered music from that the the public supporter one um uh and i i again we just discussed i forget their their code um sometimes i'll discover like dope older music that doesn't really get played because like with the with the other stations like when they say like the class it's, it's like five songs that they just keep playing you know what i mean this one you'll find some really really interesting stuff it's crazy that they've they kind of drilled into our heads for a while. Yeah. Um, like the codes for like the, the radio Because well, they've got those, um, uh, those little like tags, those little like sing songy, like, mm-hmm. what is the, wait, no, no, but what I'm thinking like, uh, 93.1. Yeah. J- yeah. Uh, 93.1 for Jack FM. And yeah. then like the 98.7, uh, FM, whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's just it, the way that it started like kind of bleeding into your head. Disney, Disney radio was the one we listened yeah, to yeah, as yeah. a lot as a kid. And then you, I went back and I was like, is this like, is there anything good about it now? I'm like, no, that's just for kids. That's, yeah. that, that's okay. Kids that's, can have their yeah, own listen, radio can, station. Kids, and, kids can have things, all right? And also, it always goes over to like local radio stuff, but it's always like political things, but like local politics. I always find one that does that, and I'm like, please, who would want to... Uh, old people. Yeah, yeah. You know what blew my for mind? local politics, yes. Yeah, you know what blew my mind was I, I always like... Like whenever you're listening to radio and you run across a censored song, like what are you doing? Yeah. Like what's what's happening? And then when I was uh, there's a school by where I live, and so when I walk the dog, I walk by the school, and parents will drop out of their kids to be blasting hip hop. I'm like, you know, I guess for them, I guess I guess for this group, but I mean, he is talking about beating a prostitute, so I don't know if it matters that you censored fuck, but like whatever, yeah. I don't know. But like you know, as a kid, I love the excuse because every kid had it. I definitely had it. It's like, mom, no, it's like the beat. Just like listen to that, and then yeah. like when you go back and listen to like Panic at the Disc. My dad was like super not into it. Like now I'm like, oh, I get why you were yeah, not into yeah, this at all. He's definitely not a part of that. Yeah, because the bridesmaid was a whore. Yeah. And like as a kid, as this like 12 year old kid just screaming whore in the backseat of the car. Because I'm like, no, I'm not like saying it. I'm just like singing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God I only did it for like indie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, he, stuff. Ra- he raps the N word. It's part of the song. <laughs> it's part of the song. Gang, don't do that. Gene Rodriguez <laughs> fell into that. No, who was it? Who was it from? Um, Gene Rodriguez. It was Gene Rodriguez yeah. from Jane the Virgin. And then um, she'll who, learn one of these days. Who was that? There was a person who um, not a, this wasn't a famous person who did it. Uh. Someone had a concert. And they brought on this like oh, teenage yeah, yeah. like like girl on stage, and she was white. And they're like, "Come on, sing the lyrics." And like it almost felt like baiting a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah, a little entrapment. Like a yeah. little bit because it was like, "Say, it, come on, sing it." Yeah, and S- it, hey, sing, sing it. it. And the whole crowd's like, "Sing it." Okay. <sighs> No, I don't know how to answer this. You are you familiar with Donald Glover's sketch comedy? Uh, before before he did any of that stuff, he did like YouTube yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With are the you two f- other guys? Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with the spelling bee one? Oh, it, I'm gonna say that everyone in our audience. is So familiar here's with my that. question. Here's something that occurred to me: Is 
how has that not come back to bite him somehow? <laughs> is it is it because is it because at this point like he is he is like at his own establishment and like he is just because he's you know Atlanta, Chavez Campino, all this stuff like he's but like I feel like lesser men that would have come back to haunt them in some way. Uh, maybe there will be some criticism to it, but also. Or is it because the sketch is actually pretty funny? If I may, that's true. But also, I'll put this out there. Maybe I'm not the one to make the call on this I think we are, Sam. I think this is is our time. We're coming for you. No, I don't, you know, I don't don't think I'm the one to say the call. I think, I will say that it does make me feel uncomfortable, but I also laugh at it. Yeah, that's also the, that's the bit. Like, that's the It's meant to make you feel, it's not saying that it's okay at any point. It's meant to be that. Are you willing to say it yeah. in this situation? And the, and it's it's really well put. It, it's when you go back to some of those older ones, you're like, oh, yeah, shit, it makes sense that this guy was so successful. Mm-hmm. Especially when you find out like before Community, he was writing for Thirty Rock, and I think that son of a bitch is my age, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, Ch- Charles came Donald in. Glover, yeah. Oh. Son of a bitch. I don't know. He had like a baby face for so long. Yeah. And then like over a year. I'm going to look it up and I'm pray to God he's 50. Remember that one dumb joke in Men in Black International? It's like, oh, look, this guy's clearly an alien and it was Childish Gambino. It's like, why is he an alien? Like, yeah, because before was it, it was like, like Michael Jackson or anything. It was Michael Jackson and, and Dennis Rodman. You're like, yeah, that's yeah. a good bit. Yeah, that's a good bit. <laughs> yeah, Childish Gambino. That was just because he's successful. Yeah, that must mean he has to be an oh, alien. Oh, he's just three years older than I am. That makes it a little bit better. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, you know, he's, I've got three Three more years to get as famous as Charles. I can't wait for um, I can't wait for Atlanta season three. That show is, is it happening? happening? It is happening. Yeah, whenever. Oh no! Now I'm scared. Yeah. I mean, there's I don't. It wasn't canceled. Uh, my wife was listening to um, the "Can You Feel the Love" from the new Lion King movie, mm. and it's not fair what they did to Donald Glover because he is tremendously talented in so many ways. But he is in no way a vocalist on the level of Beyonce because she's Beyonce. Mm-hmm. But he is very good. He, I'm not saying he's not very good, but, but Beyonce. it's Beyonce. <laughs> so What are you doing? Um, apparent, okay, so it is getting a third season, um, but th- there's no there's no like confirmation. I think I'm going to rewatch Robin's season because it's really good. What was that whole episode where they didn't air ads? Yeah, that was um, what was the name of the guy? The guy and the it was kind of a Michael Jackson stand speaking yeah. of him. Yeah, yeah, he went to the award show as that character. Yeah, that's great. I'm gonna look that up really quick. That's you great. know what? We've we've talked enough. I do want to get. I saw a big fan of uh, you like the barbershop episode. That one gets mentioned a lot. I'm a big fan of. I think it was uh, was Florida Man was the first episode, and I thought that was a nice like in uh, Cat Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was a really good episode. I do really quick uh, before we get into Watchmen. I want to give a shout out to Cody Moyer, hey uh, listener, Cody. because Cody uh, sent a couple gifts to us. I actually brought the T-shirt home, but he gave me a Scranton Penguins hockey. T- jersey basically and it says from dwight number one on the back and dj got a moon knight so stoked was it mr knight yeah it says mr knight uh uniform where he's basically wearing the suit with the mask and everything and it's so rad and i'm bummed that they haven't made a real like like an action figure action figure of this but this is so rad. there's no way if you're watching right now it's there's no way this isn't going to be in the tv show it's uh, listen i don't know that there's a version of moon knight's costume that's not cool but this is by far my favorite. I didn't know that the Funko Pops were bobbleheads. They're not, right? Not all the time. This yeah. one is. I also think like it's such a cool. It's just because a lot of times Moon Knight is like he's like Marvel's Batman because his costume's similar. This is different. Like yeah. this is really it's really this cool. looks like Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, like I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I hope they. I, I am a little bit nervous for the Moon Knight. Um, Whoa. show not that i i'm worried that it'll be not good i'm sure it'll be good because 
you know, Marvel, the worst Marvel movies are fine. Also, the weird cleaning house that they're doing right now, it feels like they really want some, they want some uniformity when it comes to the quality of their TV shows. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't hurt. Yeah, that that wouldn't hurt. Actually, I have some theories on that, that whenever we do, we talked about doing an episode talking about what they could do with Spider-Man in the future. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole Sony garbage and everything. Yeah, I know. But I got, it's not, it's, it's what they could do once Spider-Man's gone. To kind of like fill that void. Ah. Yeah, that's but but that's for another episode. This episode we're talking about. Winona's getting comfy. Yeah, we're talking about Watchmen. All right, so hopping into it, they premiered the first episode. Uh, it's uh, it's hot, and we're running out of ice. I believe that's what it is. That's the name of the first episode. I think it's uh, we're, it's, it's summer. And we're it's summer, out, and we're running, running out, out of ice. ice. That's the one. That's the one. I was trying to figure out. I didn't get a chance to look this up. I was trying to see if that was maybe a lyric from Oklahoma. It is. Oh, cool. He the song later. Yeah. Ju- the the character we see singing the Oklahoma theme song. Mm-hmm. Called the theme song. Don't fight me on that. Um, uh, he sings that lyric later. There you go. Um, and uh, so that's kind of cool. And the next episode we're getting is titled, which is airing Sunday, 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 uh, is Martial Feats of Comanche Horsemanship. That's quite a. That's all. It's a mouthful. Actually, there's the. We have titles for all six of the first six episodes, and then three more after that. Uh, she was killed by space junk. I'll stop reading them. Yeah, you know, yeah, after yeah. that, because it's I'm excited to yeah. get into that. Because that can't be a, a nod to what happens in the episode. Because the uh, the title of this episode isn't really yeah. pertinent to what's happening. But overall, we mentioned this in our review for Super TV. But since this is like a little ad for the for the listeners that might be on the fence about Ooh. going to Patreon, Ooh. what did you think going into this uh, first episode? Uh, so I think I was pretty vocal about the fact that I didn't really feel like... You picketed, I remember. I did. I mean, I was out in front of the HBO offices saying, hey, don't do Watchmen, but and also the, give me a job. Yeah, and here's the script. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. the script keeps falling oh, out of snap. my pockets. Um, so, because uh, I, I didn't watch Lost and I didn't watch Leftovers, so I don't have any like residual Damon Lindelof love. He just exists, you know? And, um, I, yeah, I, that's what I hear. I will probably check out leftovers before I check out lost just because of the amount of content. Good call. (laughs) Um, but, um, I, although I did like the lost finale, I did watch that when it aired. I know it didn't get why everybody, then again, I didn't watch the show. So what what do I know? You don't know the stakes. (laughs) Uh, Um, anyway, so I didn't like, I, and I'm not one of those people that's like, you can't ever touch Watchmen. It's sacred document you can never because i've enjoyed doomsday clock i enjoyed parts of before watchmen i, I think um the dr manhattan spinoff and the specifically the minutemen spinoff were great um which one did darwin cook work on minutemen there you go yeah and it was shocker that's really amazing um so it's not that i just didn't really look like watchmen i didn't know if i needed it and and maybe a little bit of the like not my feelings towards adaptations but the audience is like you better get it right. I, I, I don't like those hot takes or any of that stuff. It just, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. And then, um, it has happened a myriad of times before I sat down and I watched it and it was way up my alley. Like it was, it was great. It was, um, uh, cause I, I'm, I it was kind of on the back burner, but then like articles were coming out about the intro and everything. I'm like, I, I got to watch it before I know everything that happens. There's a lot of reviews they were coming out about. Like some, some reviewers have like the first six episodes Yeah, and first six, yeah. they have the six episodes yeah, and yeah. then there's three more that happen after. And they're like, no, it's incredible. And yeah. they, they, most of the reviewers were like, I've rewatched the pilot three times now. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so there has to be something here. Cause it's for a me. great balance. It's a great balance of the, the pilot is a great balance of, of seriousness and pulpy superhero stuff. And it's funny. And it just, it just, 
just does all the things. It doesn't you know? even feel like a superhero thing. No. It's, it's sci-fi adjacent cop drama. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the, basically all the cops are the bad bad boys on the force well, yeah and it's like um uh when i think of leftovers one of the reasons i haven't watched it is my association with it is just a bunch of pretty white people standing around pouting all the time and i just don't i mean there's more to it <laughs> yeah i know but that's, that's just in my brain like seeing the trailers like that's what that is you know what i mean and this is not that like there's a big shootout in the pasture there's spaceships crashing there's just there's everything it's you know a what i mean visceral shootout yes yeah, yeah, but it's great. It's, oh, it's yeah. and, and and the um, the characters' dialogue is really sharp, and uh, all the characterizations really sharp. And also, since Watchmen's grounded in politics, which by the way, it's weird that some people don't know that Watchmen is a political comic. Yeah, uh, Watchmen especially. What? What? Like yeah. that's the whole thing. It's about the Cold War. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more it's, to it I as mean, well. It's one thing if you want to throw a fit about Batman being political, but like Watchmen, like that's the. That's the whole point. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So if the new show is political, you shouldn't <gasps> be surprised. Shocking. Yeah. But it's political in, in an interesting way because, uh, um, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. Are we just diving right into spoilers? You know, but really quick. So I asked your yeah. initial thoughts. So I'm going to yeah. share mine. Oh, you please get do. Into please it. do. Um, I'd say that overall, this this was uh, I was excited for it, but I think there's just like that kind of nervousness. Where not to talk about this for too long, but Game of Thrones, I you know it just took me a while to get into it, and then it mm-hmm. ended up being really good. Like, but I don't. The first episode when I watched it, it never really did anything for me. Yeah. I was just nervous it was going to be that and whatever. And I was also thinking people about are the show. Be like, you got to go through the second half of the second season, and then it'll be good. Good. Yeah, I'm like I don't want to. <laughs> also, we watch so much superhero TV. It's it's hard to get it right. <laughs> it's hard to get it right. But this is something different. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And just the performances from Don Johnson, Regina King, everybody. Also, it's good to open people's eyes to the Tulsa Massacre because yeah. it... I'll be candid. I just had vaguely known the name of it. I didn't yeah. know. Well, I didn't know culturally what it meant. I didn't know the ramifications of it. I didn't know how many people died in it. I didn't yeah. know that. And that's for a reason and it's a bad reason why I don't know that and um, I mean schools and whatnot I wasn't taught and it's just it it was I'm glad that Watchmen used that because school just wants to be about a good time you know they're not going to talk about the sad stuff you know what I mean we're hanging out yeah Yeah. you got to teach yourself that stuff yeah um, that's what the internet's for but also using that to not only teach your audience but using it as a backdrop for like motivation for a vigilante it's like yeah you should hood of justice that makes sense why the entire setup they have so far with the uh, motivation from Bass Reeves mm-hmm. and being a kid and losing your parents, like this is Batman's origin story. Basically. Yeah, which which is what you're talking about is it, it's implying that this because we don't it's not confirmed yet that this character. Yeah, we is, see an old man who is uh, rolling around in a wheelchair is yeah. is the young boy we see in the beginning, and it could be Hooded Justice, one of the like, the, the first superhero. Yeah, which I think was smart. Um, uh, is smart for the um, Damon Lindelof to explore those aspects um it does because again the one one before watchman that i really loved was darwin cooks and he kind of dives into hood of justice a little bit so in, in my brain that's kind of canon you know what i mean like uh just because it's really fucking good um but yeah it's interesting yeah it's just a really great setup uh we just saw don johnson again in knives out i didn't know even know he was in that movie and god bless him man he's so good he's yeah. so good in so many things it's just a side note did he do something 
Did no, he, I don't like, think so. Right, I don't think so either. No, he just, I think... He, he kind of fell off the map a, li- a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because he did um, Nash Bridges. He was, he was Y5O, right? And then Nash Bridges. Let's go ahead and take a look. Yeah, and then, and then um, my reintroduction to him was Django Unchained, where he played oh, he played a um, plantation owner. That makes and, sense. And that might be why people feel like, oh, maybe he messed up, because <laughs> that, that character was not a nice person. He's also um, an antagonist in um, Brawl and Saw Block 99. He, he's in Machete. Uh, yeah, he is in yeah. Machete. Yeah, 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 that's oh my goodness. So he the he's he's one of those people that like God bless him, man. Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez just kind of like resuscitate careers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We talked a little bit about with Robert Forster. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah, he, he was, was he was in um, a series of unfortunate events. This, the series he was the 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 factory owner with the with the lumber mill. Yes, yeah. He's just go. He's so talented, and he he does such a good job in this of making a character that at least for me. Really liked. Can see why Regina King really likes him, but you know, there's thumbs something up. Not thumbs up. And I like. But the... you question it. It's not like some other characters where you're like, oh, there's something on this guy. You're like, maybe I'm wrong. You know, what? maybe I'm wrong. I think a note they maybe maybe they didn't take. Maybe they didn't. But I think maybe initially they wanted to really focus on the po- the political aspect of this because I think that's one of the biggest polls when it comes to Game of Thrones, which is surprising, right? Yeah. That it, that it's a political drama yeah. that, it, that is set in a fantasy world. It's, 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 it's the same unique. Thing. It's unique that a lot of the complaints were like, there's too many dragons and explosions and fighting in the finale. Yeah. Oh, you, you wanted more talking? <laughs> yeah. and more, I mean, they they really they can talk the hell out of anything. Yep. But also, you kind of get that in this movie. In, yeah. this, in this show, it does feel like a movie with the budget and yeah. the, where all the locations they shoot at. Although it is important to point out, it is feels better than the movie we got yeah i uh learned a lot about um the movie in the in the sense that like tim burton was on board to direct it at one point Terry michael Jillian? bay yeah, yeah. yeah and i read some of the versions of the script were like uh dr manhattan kills like ozymandias that's mm-hmm. one of them or yeah, i think there was one where back like time. some of them get shunted off to our reality or something oh no they get shunted off to you know you right track but they go to an animated reality where like they're all like pulp heroes like on like a cereal box and then they like fight crime again it's like what does that mean yeah. <laughs> that's so confusing um where it's more heightened and more superhero you know it's one of those things it, it's kind of like I, weird that it's another Zack snyder thing it's like oh batman v superman and then you see like some of the stuff that they were originally planning for Batman, back when it was like Robert Downey Jr. was Lex Luthor and stuff, you're like, oh, wait, ours, the one we got is better? Yeah. That's... <laughs> the one we got is the good one? Wait, hold on. Uh, but also, like, learning that Watchmen was considered unfilmable for a long time. Yeah, Alan Moore specifically said it. Uh, did you hear the, the interview with Damon Lundeloff where he's like, listen, I know it's crazy, but I think Alan Moore cursed me. And I'm like, yeah, man, he probably did. Yeah. He's way into that shit. Uh, and, but there are interviews when it comes to the movie where he's like, I will never see it in a million years, that, that, And then also in an interview, he's like, you know what? Like, I might end up watching it sometime. And he, it was just like this weird moment where it's like, it's probably fine. Yeah. It's like, it was, it was this interview where he just kind of like, he wasn't throwing away the question. It was like, if he's ever going to watch it, he was yeah. like, if I happen to, whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was a nice... He's it, interesting. Like, I also, Almore has this crazy story where he swear, and it might be one of those, like, I don't know about you, I had a grandparent, a, a very specific, like my mom was like, your your granddad will never admit to this. Just saw a story back when she was a kid that she, he played, whatever. And I asked him out and he immediately told me. So who knows? But there is a, the, there's a story that Alan Moore swears that he met John Constantine in a bar, not... 
a oh. person that looked like like swears that like it was the him. fictional character he the, created. Yeah, he created, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like without more, it's like you know what, fucking maybe, man. You I don't may fucking have wished know that man into existence. I, I, at this point, I don't. When it comes to Alan Moore and Grant Morrison specifically, it's like honestly, I don't know what you're capable of in this reality. Like, <laughs> I, as far as I'm concerned, all bets are off when when you two specifically are concerned. So you know, whatever, man. Uh, and also, like I know, like recently, like, Donny Cates went and hung out with him in London and yeah. stuff, and they just like talked and shot the shit and stuff. Also, long running joke for the Venom comic that Donnie's writing right yeah. now. Him and Ryan are like, oh, it's going to sell more than Watchmen. Yeah. And he talked to Alan Moore about that. And it was like, oh, that's funny. Oh, and but bringing it back around a little bit, you notice, I didn't notice this in the movie, but on this show as well, it's the cre- comic created by Dave, Dave Gibbons. Gibbons. Yeah, and it's the same for the movie. And I've met him, and he's very lovely. That's cool. And I, you know, props to him for being willing to cash in on successful yeah. comic. You know and then you know, uh, they, they're dealing with it however they want to deal with it. If Dave, yeah. Gibbons, Dave Gibbons wants to make the most amount of money from it, Good for you. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah, they. Um, with when it comes to adaptations like Doomsday Clock, where everyone was nervous about, uh, and it's still not done. Yeah, this show might be done by the time <laughs> that's true. Uh, that finishes. God damn it! That's so long. It's taking so long to yeah. get to that. Uh, um, Danny M says in the comics, Lindelof needs to ask Grant Morrison to give him a protection spell against Moore's curse. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? You, just, Alan Moore, check it out. I think you. Might like of it. all of them, the one that Alan Moore let or it slipped by or whatever, his name is on is Justice League Unlimited's adaptation of whatever happened in the Man of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When you watch that Justice League uh, Unlimited episode, Alan Moore's based on the story created by Alan Moore. Uh-huh, and it's he, in there. Is he mad about that? I don't think so. We've never heard. As far as I know, that's the one that he gave his blessing to. And I also listened to this. Also, it's great. So. I listened to this interview with Joe Casada, who is the chief executive just man at Marvel uh, forever and and still kind of is to some extent. Um, He, when he got in charge, he went to like Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore and like had like meetings with him. It's like, we don't want to, we're not asking to work with you ever again. We just want to mend whatever we can and then just try to fix it. Because in the nineties, it was pretty rough for everybody. And like Neil Gaiman, in a sense, like worked with like Marvel and Alan Moore, which is his character. And Alan Moore, like is whatever. Maybe if he's (laughs) indifferent, that's, that's a win. You're not getting any more curses. Exactly. From what I understand, Alan Moore is writing a novel right now and it is, it is a doorstop. Like it is a, a, Big old son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> and he wrote his last comic, right? Yeah. I think, oh, which was air quote, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, it was, um, I think it was the final issue of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Is Miracle Man a Marvel book or a. So Miracle Man. Because um, it was something else, was but then Marvel it. UK. There it was go. Marvel. I think it was, it was an original UK production. I don't know if Marvel, it started with Marvel UK or they picked it up. And uh, it was originally Marvel Man in the UK because it didn't matter. But then over over in the States, the Captain Marvel people were not happy about it. Yeah. So they changed it to Miracle Man. And then it was Alan Moore. Then it was Neil Gaiman. Then it just got canceled. And I think Neil Gaiman just finished it. Cool. And that's yeah. basically Shazam, though, right? Yeah, 100%. It's a character it's that's... Komoda, this- which is Atomic Backwards. He said, That's what he says to turn into... But, of course, once once uh, Alan Moore got his hands on it, it became, like, dark and... and Did and he get, like, cancer Subverted or something. Or something. Yeah, like, and, and uh, his Captain... Uh, Captain Marvel Jr. becomes like a murderous sociopath and all that stuff. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. But hey, we're off t- on tangents. Let's mm-hmm. go back to Alan Moore's biggest baby. Did she knock her head a little bit when she leaned back against <laughs> the wall? Good pup. That's oh, she, she went straight to sleep. <laughs> she doesn't hit that power strip. Please don't uh, that. Um, no, so, so it, like when it comes to what comes after for. Uh, Watchmen. Yeah. This show's doing a good job adapting it, especially when it comes to Vietnam, because there's not really much said about the Vietnam War except for that we won it in the comics. Like, well, because again, because of Doctor Manhattan, like we definitively won it to the point where in the show Vietnam's a state. 
which is crazy because that's not the purpose of why we went there. And also, apparently, if and I didn't notice this, apparently, if you um, look at the American flag in in it, there's like a, a shit ton more stars. Oh, like because uh, it's like probably Puerto Rico at that point is a state, you know, like Robert Redford. And that's the thing that I find fascinating that I I feel like if this show were in lesser hands, this it would get some pushback because its view of of the world is, is complicated because it represents uh, kind of a more, if the original Watchmen was like a conservative dystopia, this isn't quite a liberal utopia, but I, I can't help but think about going into spoilers. There's the scene where yeah, the cop, cop needs to get his gun unlocked. Mm-hmm. And he has to get and it's a really, like verbal permission. Yeah, because the, whole, the way that whole scene plays out is tremendously fascinating to me because it starts off, you hear hardcore hip hop playing, you cut in the car, there's a white guy that just like right off the bat, you're like, Mm-hmm. This is one of those guys, you know what I mean? But he's listening to hip hop, and then he gets pulled over by a black cop in a mask. The cop immediately feels threatened, and then and then he goes to have to get his gun unlocked, which which theoretically is like this should be a positive thing because we want less gun like in this country we want less gun violence. And then but then because he can't get his gun unlocked, he gets shot and killed. And it's like that's the world you're presenting here is so complicated, and I, I'm just surprised that maybe because it started with the the Tulsa massacre that, that other people are still unpacking that. But like, I'm surprised there hasn't been more like dissection of that or pushback on that or, or any of that stuff. Cause what it, 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 it just plainly paints like things are complicated. You know what I mean? Like you think like having a, a cop's gun and, and Oh, and he, any, uh, he has that, the, get the guy's permission into his security cam. Like theoretically this should be like, great. This is the best version of a, but it's cop. scary as shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and Panda's uh, immediately one of my favorite characters. Cause they call him Panda and you think it's just a nickname. And then you see him, he's got that giant, like Panda head, gross mascot Panda head. Like it's dirty as shit. And it's like, Fuck yeah, Panda. You keep doing yeah. that, man. And I feel like Panda's going to die at some Probably. Point. Probably. Yeah, no. The, uh, I'm surprised as well. Mainly people were just trying to verify if the Tulsa massacre actually happened. No. I'm su- I'm curious if how many people are watching this show. Because, like, Barry, that's cool that that keeps going. Yeah. And it's getting more recognition as it goes. Watchmen, though, like, the movie wasn't really a success. Yeah. Um, it, may- it got maybe got, like, a cult following after with like the ultimate cut and the director's cut and all those cuts yeah Uh, which like Zack Snyder says just watch the director's cut you don't need to watch the ultimate cut and then people watch the ultimate cut and they like it more you know it's it's so confusing Um, by the way I do love that HBO is releasing like those uh, if filler like back matter yeah documents if you go to PD PTpedia it's P-E-T-E-Y pedia Mm -hmm. on HBO's website you read some documents about like the in-between where it's like newspaper articles, um, some case files when it comes to where Ozymandias is, what yeah. happened in New York, um, something about the seventh cavalry, Rorschach's journal. They're and they're quick reads. They're not yeah. they're not long. Like some are just like a page with like four paragraphs, some are a little lengthier, but yeah. overall it's it's all super interesting. But no, I'm also surprised that they haven't really that, that there hasn't been a bigger pushback from the politics of this because yeah. The problem, like the Tulsa massacre, and then seeing it present day, you're like, oh, the problem's kind of the same. It's kind it's, in it's, in a yeah. sense where they're the the back then uh, black folks weren't getting the rights and the protection that they needed, mm-hmm. even though they were doing 
everything right yeah. and they were still getting attacked and that's what was happening in that scene specifically not talking yeah. about the grander world but as we were doing our review I mentioned that maybe Tulsa is the main like focal point of this because New York isn't somewhere we can go right now yeah. like, because you gotta drop the giant squid there mm-hmm. so maybe people are like and this is big enough for us to not want to live here anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, also like maybe there are a few people that live there maybe it's safe now in the back matter they talk about that they after the squid landed every it melted yeah. and also if you watch it it teleported into buildings yep. so i'm gonna guess the infrastructure kind of things just started collapsing and i'm just curious if i'm excited to learn more about this work because technology is so dated now like you yeah. have to you see that he literally has a buzzer like on a door to yeah. get his gun out of it it's not high there's no high-tech aspect of this show whatsoever and it's because of the fear of this of this squid threat which i love that they're they're keeping the squid threat. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's very pulpy, like it's like you mentioned, but yeah. it, it's the most pulpy aspect of the show. But right now, it's it's treated as like a genuine threat. Yeah, and to the point where you've got uh, rolling squid storms. And what does that mean? Like, what um, is? What, I wonder how like kids seem pretty okay, like okay overall. Well, with it's it. the same way with kids dealing with you know uh, the nuclear. Um, uh, you know, put your get under your desk, and the same way they do gun drills now. And it's just like it. It's it's sad as hell that like kids are the ones that have to become just comfortable with, with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's just part of their lives. You know, they don't know any better. Um, so what about what do you think about the referations? Is that what they call it? Redfordations? I think the slang term is referations. That's what the kid says because so, Robert Redford's been president apparently forever. Yeah. And, and the Nixonvilles are interesting, where they're yeah. like these alt right camps where they they miss the Nixon days of yeah. how things ran, and they have gun, they have all the guns. And we there. saw the Nixon days, and it looked great. Mm-hmm. It, everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there Got was not more states. There was not one thing wrong during the original Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're the Red Forations. Well, that's another thing. So it's like uh, it, the implication is that reparations did happen. Like basically, Robert Redford became president, and he did everything every liberal has ever wanted ever. Mm-hmm. But things are not, they're just different. You know what I mean? They're just different because like we see with our police force, like I obviously am rooting for our cop characters, but like Virginia King, like assaults a guy. Yeah. Well, not just like assault. Like you, you probably hospitalized him. Yeah. And that person specifically, he might, as far as we got is that he is associated with the seventh cavalry in some way, but he had not done anything. Yeah. As far as we could tell. Yeah. Again, not supporting him, but he had not done anything. And you mentioned in the review that he was, he pissed himself too. Not only was he bleeding so much that it was coming out from underneath the door, but he also pissed himself too. What could she have done to him? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And and it's just interesting to like, it'll be interesting to see now that their tensions are rising, what these characters do. There's a, there's a, um, um, clip in one of the trailers where, um, the actress that's playing um, Jean Smart, who's playing Laurie, the adult Laurie Silk Spectre, asks Regina King. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, yeah. Cool. asks Regina King, like, what's the difference between a vigilante and a cop that wears a mask? And Regina King's like, I don't know. And she's like, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a complicated world we're entering, which is in the tradition of Watchmen. Like, it's like there are no easy answers. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of your answers are bad. You know, like to the to the point where you could get to the end of the original Watchmen and Ozymandias creates an extraterrestrial threat that wipes out what millions of lives. And it, you're like, maybe you're right. Like there's a small part of you like, maybe cause that's how bad, that's how bad it was mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's like, you see yeah, drastic solutions, man. You know what I mean? And, uh, 
so it's like, yeah, yeah this is not a great world, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, and this is probably not going to be any easier. And it, and it delves into just like, you know, Warstrack is one of our um, protagonists in the comic. Um, uh, his uh, perspective is arguably just as valid and invalid as every other protagonist. Every, all of them have aspects. You're like, yeah, I'm bored. And other ones are like, except maybe the comedian. He's pretty, I mean, he, he even he has, he has moments of these like moments of possibly being not even redeemable, just a person. Mm-hmm. You understand him. You, yeah, you don't, understand. You don't him. empathize with but him. He's, you don't he, accept him. He's the closest to pure darkness that we get in that. I mean, Rorschach is pretty bad. Too. There yeah, are, Rorschach he, is, but you know what I mean. Like he uncovers truths, and yeah. they are some are objective truths. Yeah. But then also, like you hear him whispering about all the like racist. Like, he's just writing racist stuff down inside of a journal, where you're like, that's bad. Yeah, and and it's like, and we're dealing with a little bit of that like that sister night fits into that you know what i mean like i she's very likable um but you know she's assaulting people torturing people all that stuff you and know? did she lose her husband yeah i'm getting a i'm getting a vibe that like the white knight the night where yeah. cops have now have to hide their identity and yeah. you being a cop is like being a superhero you yeah. need to which is that is so interesting yeah. that's such a that you have to hide your identity when you go out and literally just do your job yeah it's not like Spider-Man, you're not you, but now you have to protect yourself. Yeah. What an interesting take because I've never seen something like that yeah. in a comic before. Wait, so you think the kids are from a previous marriage? Possibly. I think they're, they're adopted. They're, I was going to say because they are very white. Yeah, but <laughs> you never know. But like, yeah. um, you never know. You never know. But when it comes, I, I, there's something about the relationship that or feels maybe relatively else, new. Maybe, maybe somebody, um, maybe those are the kids of somebody that died during that night that she kind of inherited mm-hmm. i guess but at the end of the episode we see don johnson strung up and i'm getting oh we sure heavy do heavy vibes that not only is hooded justice that is hooded justice or yeah. one of the Minutemen or something like that also that dollar bill poster where because i mm-hmm. forgot the dollar bill was the superhero who was on the original Minutemen team yeah. but then decided to go into the private sector and was specifically a superhero for just banks yeah and he in the doesn't he is cape get caught and get shot and killed mm-hmm. yeah and but that's a super racist poster, and it's mm-hmm. like you get why the Seventh Cavalry has this here, yeah. and still supports these vigilantes, and think that's what they are. Um, but when it comes to the ending, we see there's uh, when it comes to what Don Johnson's up to. I'm gonna guess that he's part of the Seventh Cavalry in some aspect because he they they don't take any prisoners. They burn. They not. They don't just like follow the plane somewhere. Yeah. They burn it out of the sky and it crashes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, because theoretically it's supposed to drop something. He might be part of the 7th Cavalry. He might, uh, I think either you or Roxy suggested that he might be involved in some g- bigger conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a reason for Louis Gossett Jr. to not be a fan of him. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, that's probably how Don Johnson's going to show up as flashbacks and stuff like detailing whatever he was up to. Uh, I like the idea of him being, um, hooded justice it does lead to me that and also the setup for that's great you think i can lift 200 pounds mm-hmm. and you're like whatever and you just kind of move on you're like oh damn he can mm-hmm. um yeah and uh because also we we see that um uh, american hero story is going to be focusing on the Minutemen, but specifically hooded justice and so it'll be interesting to see how that all lines up apparently ryan murphy was supposed to make a cameo as the showrunner for my hero uh, my American hero story, which I like that too, because it's a good way to like show you that there were superheroes before, but now they're not here. Yeah. The cops t- have taken that role basically. Yeah. And it allows you to like, you can learn about the Watchmen comic as the show progresses. Yeah. And it, and I think 
people who've never read it or or seen the movie or anything, I think this pilot, as far as I can tell, gives you just enough to show you that the world is kind of confusing, but mm. you can understand the complicated politics yeah. of it that are interesting. We would never see this in anywhere else. There's not a Marvel or DC movie that's going to ever deal with this yeah. the way that the series can. Yeah. And you know what? There Maybe there's never really meant to be a Watchmen movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe a, a series is what it always needed the room for. Like it needed room to breathe and to be able to explore every every nook and cranny that you possibly could when it comes to the, every side of this of this debate or this argument or all the different... I don't know, hot takes that they got. But yeah. I did want to say, I'm guessing we have some supernatural aspects when it comes to Hood of Justice. I'm yeah, not familiar with like his... shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... In the comic, I'm guessing he just wears the hood and he there's, fights. There's, he's a big question mark in the comic. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, and that's why I think why a lot of people, when they're filling out the backstory, they, like, I think the implication, remember correctly, the implication of Minutemen is he might be gay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that maybe he was black makes a lot of sense. You know, why he's hiding his identity um, because of the era he was fighting crime in and how people would perceive that. I, I think there's a lot of merit to this Hood Adjustments argument because, again, he's going to be in the, the the show within a show is going to talk about him. He did hang uh, uh, Don Johnson's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm interested with this idea. Do you think we'll get another supernatural character on top of Dr. Manhattan? I think it wouldn't be best. I like the idea of just the one. And also it's it was an accident. Because we really, we really bungled it with the one. Yeah, like I... I, I the idea of having two of them there, I don't know what the argument is exactly. Maybe the idea that Dr. Manhattan was birthed out of this like more like conservative uh, yeah. worldview... And he is representative of that and what, like, the American dominance through nuclear power. Yeah. There possibly could be one where it comes to technology. There could be one where you're looking yeah. at globalization. There's there's a different, there's a couple different ways you could represent it in a Superman type, like, character. Yeah. But I don't know if you need another extra dimensional character like that. All I know is that the last time we saw him, he said he was leaving for another galaxy yeah. or depending another universe. Yeah. Um, but we now know he's back. And but we, we now know he was in the DC universe, but now he's back here. Yeah, he's back here. He did. He, he hung out with Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. Superman, mm-hmm. Dong, Awaven yep. in the wind. And I do, lastly, before we wrap up here, because we're getting near the end, I do want to ask about Ozymandias. Yes. He's writing plays. He's hanging out with clones slash robots, and he's getting bathed in the most uncomfortable way I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, he's just sitting there in his chair, not not lifting his ass up or anything yeah. and having just people wipe him down with, yeah. with a wet wipe. Yuck. Yeah. But also he's presumed dead and they're trying to do like the workaround where it's like, oh, but it, maybe it's not Ozymandias. Maybe it's somebody else. Jeremy Irons doing a weird voice. It has to be Ozymandias, yeah, yeah. right? In the movie, he has like a slight German accent. Of course he did. Guys, and there's no ambiguity there that he's no. not the bad guy. Yeah, like the second you see him, like, oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah. And also, I totally forgot that they didn't make, they made Patrick Wilson kind of pudgy, mm-hmm. but he's not like, they don't, he's not impotent in that. No. Like, he's not any of the super sad stuff that yeah. happens in the in the book. That's what he's supposed to be. 100%. Also, fun fact, Alan Moore like fully took the ending of Watchmen from something else. He fully took the ending. And uh, the editor on the book was like, hey, you're taking this mm-hmm. from, um, I'll, I'll pull it up really quick. Yeah, it's on the Wikipedia. It. Because like, he's like, the, it was from a TV episode, I think, I want to say Outer Limits. Okay. Not Twilight Zone, but yeah. Twilight One Zone of, adjacent. Uh, yes. Um, 
And the editor on the book was like, yeah, this is an episode of this. Mm -hmm. And the editor described uh, Alan Moore saying, so what? (laughs) And then making it anyways, where in the uh, the premise of this episode is that they're going to turn, this group of scientists are going to turn one of their scientists into a monster to send into a big city to like cause a problem so that the Cold War ends. Yeah. That's what the yeah. that's what happens in Watchmen. Also, I don't remember in the comic how comedian finds out about the entire plot, and then I re I reread the Wikipedia article to explain it to me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wow, I, I just reread the comic, and I don't I didn't even get it that clear. Yeah. Um, let me go ahead and pull this up really quick. But what do you think about for Ozymandias? Uh, I'm interested to see what's going on with his servants. Uh, I'm really now that you said that he just wants to do these nine episodes. I'm really interested to see where this goes. Like. Um, no wonder it's like it's like cooking. You know what I mean? Like we don't have any time to to uh, mess around. Um, but from what I saw with interviews with Damon Lindelof, he wanted to focus on uh, he, the only characters he wanted to see return were Ozymandias, Laurie, and Doctor Manhattan, because uh, he felt like if there were more, it'd feel like it's this is Watchmen too with new characters just kind of lost in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I like and I, honestly, it doesn't really feel like Watchmen to me. And I think that's to the show's benefit. It's its own thing. It's doing its own thing. Um, and with the people, it feels like less people are pissed off about this than they were about doomsday clock or oh, yeah. the movie. Um, and if, but if you are pissed off, it's like, you just, it's a different thing. You know what I mean? The watchman still gets to be watchman. If you haven't read Watchmen, please do. It's, it's really great. Um, it's really challenging. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm thinking that the squid storm is some way of covering up what they're doing on earth yes as both it, it, it could hate it two two it kills two birds with one stone uh-huh. uses a way that dr manhattan can't really see what's happening on earth right now or keeping ozymandias kind of clouded so because tachyons because all this garbage mm-hmm. and the teleporting you guys you guys know yeah. much of this stuff you guys should did really we read the any, comic did we get any discord stuff yes we have a question here from danny m how long until uh ozymandias becomes involved in the series as opposed to just a side story also jeremy irons is great in the role Lastly, as Ozymandias's ser- are Ozymandias's servants robots or androids, or are they really just that devoted to him? So, do uh, no, the, what's it, what's his role and how is he going to get involved, and what's the deal with the servants? I think if it's nine episodes by ep- end of episode three, like going into episode four, mm-hmm. uh, that sounds about right of him getting involved. And um, there's definitely something going up because they hand him a horseshoe to cut the cake, and then his reaction to the cake is very ambiguous mm-hmm. on his feelings on the cake. Uh, so I, uh, was it you? Cause he cloned Bubastis. So maybe clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe clones. Um, that sneaky bitch. <laughs> oh, so here's, uh, here's a note. Okay. Uh, so coming back around, uh, this is from an article from, well, that's not loading. At least I got the quote here. It says at the end of Watchmen, a television set in the background announces a rerun of out the outer limits episode, the architects of fear. This was a reference to a creative debate that occurred behind the scenes between writer Alan Moore and editor Len Wein. In their own words, this is from Alan Moore, around issue 10, I came across a guide to cult television. There was an Outer Limits episode called The Architects of Fear. I thought, wow, that's a bit close to our story. In the last issue, we have a TV promoting that Outer Limits episode, a belated nod. And Len Wein said, I kept telling him, be more original, Alan. You've got the capability. Do something different, not something that's already been done. And he didn't seem to care enough about that. I do think there's, um, I mean, cause just because the argument's the same, I think it's it's a salient argument about the idea of, you know, if we ran into an extra extraterrestrial threat, our um, human quarrels would seem more trivial. Um, so I do think there's um, 
it's different enough that there's merit in it and in both stories it just does like it's it's like when everybody for example like you can't use Alan Moore's original creations like they're all based off Charlton characters like calm down mm. you know uh, what I mean like quick for the Architects of Fear episode it's uh, the quickie synopsis is Robert Culp a scientist is selected by idealistic cronies to frighten the nations of Earth into uniting against a common enemy. The plan, he'll be transformed into a monster, land a flying saucer at the UN, and threateningly announce he is from the planet Theta. Instead, the saucer crashes off course, and he is shot by a bunch of hunters. Uh, innovative and startling special effects. And this article goes on to explain more of it. You actually see clips from the from the show, which looks pretty cool. I can't really yeah. zoom in on it, but overall, like you get the you get the gist, you get the gist of it, and you get the connections there. Um, I'm going to say that those two servants are uh, they're uh, clones. I think that's they're Doctor Manhattan. They're, they're mini Doctor Manhattans, uh, wings and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're getting a lot of thoughts here. Let me see here. What's up with the squid rain? Uh, pretty sure that's connected to the giant squid monster from the comics. I think they said something about the universal portals opening up, and people said that the government it was a government conspiracy. Could be connected to that event uh, and its remnants of the device deployed by Veet uh, that he didn't account for. I don't know if he didn't account for it. I think it seems very intentional because he didn't and, open a portal. He just sent one thing over. Yeah, and he it was designed by him and everything. And also, it might he, but he might not have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This might have been part of a long-term plan, which makes sense, but it might have also been like people like, oh, it's, we can use this. Let's just keep it going. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and also in the back matter stuff on HBO.com, they talk about how he was a big supporter of Redford's presidency and donated a lot, and then they had a falling out mm. right before he disappeared. So, uh, and Robert Redford gave his condolences. The president gave his condolences once he was presumed dead. We can get Robert Redford for this. We but he's already him. retired. You could definitely get him, get him. and that would be him. really cool if you got Robert That'd Redford for this. Just like just for like uh, on on a TV in the background giving a speech. Yeah, you can deep fake it. Yes, you can deep fake it at the very. Just get his permission. We can deep fake it. In <laughs> deep, that's a nightmare. But yeah. you could. Uh, by the way, just a fun note: Corridor Digital just did a video where they deep fake uh, Will Smith for Gemini Man, and then they took off. They found an impersonator, and they took off the deep fake, and it was Will Smith. That's really cool. He's the best. Uh, he's the best man for the job. But overall, uh, there was uh, this was a really solid pilot. It's one yes. of the, I think the strongest pilots. I don't think I've watched. I mean, Batwoman was a new show this year. I didn't really watch Rex that many. Gemstones. That was really that was a really solid. That's HBO. HBO yep. So it's not television. It's HBO. That's that. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good show from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Like, you're getting a TV subscription for the whole town. It's not TV. It's HBO. It's HBO. I the John Oliver had a bit because he did. He was trying to make fun of HBO Max, and he's talking about it's got Friends and other TV shows you just love. It's not HBO. It's TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's going to be on that. So. Think th- think about that. Think about that before John you get snippy. More. But I'm going to be checking out more of this series. And also, if you guys want us to do reviews for this, I think we're going to do one for the second episode. If you want to tune in to youtube.com slash onlystupidanswers, please do. Also go to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers so that you guys can check out Super TV Showdown Live. That's where we're doing our Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, lead up, watching all the CW shows so you don't have to. Also talk about Watchmen. DJ, you want to plug anything? You like Sam said, patreon.com slash only stupid answers for all our content. YouTube.com slash only stupid answers. Uh, stay tuned for a knives out review soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can follow me at DJ Talks Trash. That's Sam Basher for me. Go check out one more time. We watched uh, Transformers the last night, and I'm watching Avatar, and I'm watching Suicide Squad soon with Pat Graziosi. Boy, howdy, did we not like that movie? 2016 is when that came yes, out. Yes, three years ago. That's three years ago. Mm-hmm. That feels a long time ago. Yeah. Justice League was two years ago now. Yes. That's weird. Yeah. Go Time check flies. that out. Oh, it does. And make sure you follow Only Stupid Answers on Twitter. 
Nick has vowels from stupid. Bing, bing, boom. And also, give us some love for Winona. Winona, you want to say anything? Oh, she's asleep. It's a puppy over here. Good pup. Oh, nope, she's sleeping. All right, gang, be quiet on your way out. Winona's still sleeping. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. That was too loud.